This is what we know, what we no longer need to argue about. A world ruler is soon to emerge, a time of trouble affecting all aspects of world civilization. Many will be overtaken by offense, lawlessness will abound, while many will turn to righteousness. God says in this coming crisis, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God, and he shall be my son. Hi everyone, I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. No mystery here. We're living in the most dramatic times in human history. Strategic times, when the majority of the community of faith will have a front row seat to view the power of God on a very regular basis. Perhaps even stadium Christianity is emotionally overloaded young adults will be trying desperately to hang on to a, a sense of moral and spiritual values, at the same time being pulled to accept and embrace all manner of value orientations. In short, ministry is going to become effective and powerful. For generations, the church has been ministering out of Western culture and values. That hasn't been all wrong. It's been effective on a number of levels. But it's been also very significantly ineffective. The church has been speaking what the previous generation spoke, and the generation before that. We've been tweaking our doctrines, introducing more bells and whistles, and the culture of, golly gee whiz, beaver, isn't Jesus cool? All that doesn't come anywhere close to God's emotional chemistry. Let's see how God saw culture back in Zephaniah's day. We've all read Zephaniah, right? Yeah. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12. And it shall come to pass that at that time I'll search Jerusalem with lamps, and I'll punish men who've settled in their complacency, who say in their heart, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do evil. Or how about verse 17? I'll bring distress upon men, and they, they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like refuse. Zephaniah was the last prophet before the coming 70-year captivity of Babylon. It was down the road a ways, and he, he was singing Israel's swan song. As in Zephaniah's day, many in the church today are hardening in their evil habits, not openly scoffing, but certainly complacent. So what did spiritual culture look like in the days of John the Baptist, the most notable forerunner in the New Testament? For those of you who'd like to follow along in your Bibles, we're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 11. In the first five verses, Jesus was making it clear to his disciples a transitional generation was underway. And this dynamic would forever change the way the people of God would carry their hearts before him. Then in verse 6, he made it clear that change won't come easily, but nevertheless it's coming. Listen to what Jesus said. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Yep, significant change is coming, and it's, it's going to result in a lot of annoyed and agitated church folk. Then Jesus turned his attention to the conference crowd. Yep, in nearly every generation, there's been a conference crowd. Matthew chapter 11, verse 7. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? 
But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. But what did you go out there to see? A prophet? Yes. I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger, my forerunner, before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Ah, the forerunner John, he went out to meet the conference crowd. Now the Lord is challenging the results. Jesus is saying he went out to gawk at the spiritual sensation of the time, the man of the hour, the man of faith and power. As we often say, he went out to get the word. Well, we'll give you this. It did take some time and effort to get there. Meetings in the middle of the Judean desert, five hours out, five hours back, lunch, kids, yeah, tough time. But what Jesus was really saying to this well-meaning conference crowd, and we've all been to the conferences, you, you went out, but when you returned, nothing really changed. Sound familiar? The church has some experience with those kinds of results, hear a significant message, take, a, take it to heart, truths shared, but fail to make adjustments in lifestyle or, or respond to the demands made clearly by the Holy Spirit. At the end of the day, it's often just more of the same. Then in verses 11 and 12, Jesus makes clear, a forerunner has emerged who's telling his generation a transition is underway, that the most weak, broken person in this generation is going to be rewarded with greater privilege than even the greatest prophet of the Old Covenant. Jesus is saying to his discipling forerunners, greater privilege is going to require a greater response, a much greater response than what came from the conference crowd. No more spiritual warfare in the traditional sense. It'll be an interior violence, a radical pursuit. Verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. It permits violence, and the violent take it by force. A spiritual violence that shakes everything inside of you, an experience in the Holy Spirit that leaves you totally undone. That leaves you asking God, what can you do with this Western man? What, what can you do with this Western education that I have and, and the Western wallet in my back pocket? What can you do with me? Jesus made it clear all the prophets have spoken of this coming generation that the ultimate final chapter in human history is quickly being written. Verse 14, Jesus says, And if you are willing to receive it, he's Elijah who's to come. And if you have ears to hear, hear. Jesus is saying to you and me, the spirit of Elijah is about to burst forth in a transitional generation that'll see signs and wonders and the masses coming into the kingdom of God, exercising an internal spiritual violence never before seen, a generation that's all in. Jesus presented a wake-up call to John's generation that's equally applicable to our generation, that what's about to come our way will require an unusual dedication to meet the unusual opposition, that this greater privilege will require a greater response. And listen, 
if this greater privilege is not properly responded to, it'll result in greater judgment. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I don't think there's a a child of God listening to this who's not aware of the evil gripping the world today. That it's going to require a John the Baptist voice and anointing to make sense of it all. To have the word of the Lord. Father, such a dichotomy. A coming great day and a coming terrible day. Only the wisdom that comes from your Holy Spirit will be sufficient to prepare your church to be that voice in the earth. Have that forerunner spirit, Father, calling your people to fasting and prayer now, in this time, bringing prophetic insight on on how to prepare for the great and terrible days ahead. Father, we ask you to continue to raise up pockets of revival that have so recently begun not only in the Western world, but in fellowships across the earth, that you will gift these gatherings with a prophetic spirit that will make sense among the masses of the unusual activities of your Holy Spirit as the day of the Lord draws near. We ask all of this, Father. We believe you're answering it even as we speak. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Maranatha, beloved, I'm Bill Nordstrom.